Israel is continuing its operations against Hamas in the Gaza Strip following the deaths of more than a 1,000 Israelis in the 7th of October attacks. More than 10,000 people have been killed in Gaza since then, according to the Hamas-run health ministry. The US says Israel will implement military pauses in areas of northern Gaza to allow civilians out and aid in. But Israel says there will be no ceasefire. Meanwhile, what are the implications of the ongoing conflict for the Palestinian territory's West Bank? Hello and welcome to this Global Situation podcast from International SOS, the leading health and security risk services company. I'm Chris Giles. And joining me for this episode is Rory Keith, International SOS's lead security analyst covering Israel and the Palestinian territories. And Rory, how would you describe the situation in the West Bank right now? When the present situation in Gaza began, the Israeli security forces imposed a series of restrictions on movement to and from the West Bank, as well as beginning an increase in the deployment of Israeli security forces inside the West Bank. So there are severe movement restrictions both between Israel and the West Bank and between individual places within the West Bank. The situation has also been compounded by increased tensions resulting from the present conflict in Gaza. The past year and a half or so since at least May 2022 has been a time of heightened tensions in the West Bank, and that's only been elevated by the conflict in Gaza. And so the situation in the West Bank is very tense. And what sort of risks are then present for those who are in the West Bank right now? There are a multitude of risks. There are risks stemming from unrest. There have been numerous protests taking place in the West Bank over Israel's involvement inside the Gaza Strip. Some of these protests take place at very short notice and can result in unrest. It's it's very usual in the West Bank, even prior to this conflict, for the Israeli security forces to deploy live ammunition or tear gas to disperse protests. As I mentioned, tensions have been heightened in the West Bank prior to this conflict, but tensions are even higher now, resulting in higher risks of attack. These are especially pronounced around checkpoints that separate Israel from the West Bank, as well as areas around Israeli West Bank settlements and in places where Israeli civilians mix or meet with Palestinian civilians. Additionally, there are the typical risks stemming from everyday issues such as crime, But right now, the movement restrictions imposed by the Israeli security forces complicate the security environment by making it harder to leave an area or less predictable to be able to understand when one can or can't cross between Israel and the West Bank, making movements, particularly for foreign nationals, intending to move between the West Bank and Israel harder and compounding that risk factor stemming from unrest and militancy. In addition to those not necessarily something that's likely to affect too many of the sort of foreign nationals in the West Bank, but something which can pose a risk for local nationals in the West Bank is the risk of Israeli security forces conducting raids. Something that's been typical in the West Bank for a long time and something that's been especially prominent in the last year and a half or so. But some of these raids will involve a strong deployment of Israeli security forces and quite a high level of violence. The use of explosives, multiple vehicles belonging to the Israeli security forces, sometimes even in this most recent period, the use of airstrikes or drone support. These Israeli security operations are likely to be localized and particularly likely in towns of Nablus and Jenin 
in the West Bank, which international SOS rate as high risk in comparison to the rest of the West Bank, which we rate medium. But that's not to say that these kinds of operations by the Israeli security forces couldn't pose risk outside of those areas or pose a threat to those who aren't the targets of those raids. And Rory, what's the situation like with regards to the border crossings, both with Israel and also to Jordan? The situation with regards to border crossings to Israel is that the border crossings that separate Israel from the West Bank have been subject to closures for much of the present conflict since it began on the 7th of October. It's easier, more possible for foreign nationals, Israeli nationals, to cross between the West Bank and Israel. For Palestinian nationals and those without foreign identity are going to find it a severe restriction. The numbers of people being permitted to cross have been drastically reduced and the timings for the border crossings have been restricted as well. In terms of crossing between the West Bank and Jordan, the King Hussein Bridge Allenby border crossing is open each day, but for a somewhat reduced number of hours, which can be hard to predict and know in advance. So those crossing between Israel and Jordan may face delays when crossing, and that may even mean a night waiting at the border. The border crossing tends to open in the morning. So in light of that, what advice could we give to people who were considering travel to the West Bank? Our advice for the time being is to defer all inbound travel to the West Bank during the ongoing conflict with Israel and Hamas in the Gaza Strip. As a result of that conflict, those risks are heightened. The ability for somebody to leave the West Bank is reduced. And as a result, the travel is inadvisable for the time being. And when do you think that travel to the West Bank could be advisable once again? It's not immediately clear. However, what we're looking at is a situation in which tensions have diminished, border crossings are more predictable in their nature, and the conflict in Gaza is at a point where perhaps Israel is winding down. Like I said, it's it's hard to predict at this point in time when that might occur, but so far indications from the Israeli military suggest that they are in for a long conflict and that they're going to stick by their quite hard, quite difficult aims that they've set for themselves in that conflict. And as a result, it's very likely that that Israeli security force deployment in the West Bank and the restrictions imposed on border crossings are going to remain during that time. Additionally, those tensions that I mentioned, which have already been heightened since at least May last year, those tensions, that that state in which the risk profile of the West Bank is heightened, that's going to necessitate a different approach to travel in the West Bank, particularly for, for foreign nationals and those undertaking potentially non-essential travel there. So as long as this situation continues where the heightened risk is there, and particularly the border restrictions, travel will not be advisable. Once those border restrictions are decreased, we start to see a, a smoother flow of people between Israel and the West Bank, that's probably the time at which travel in an essential form can resume. Okay, Rory, thanks so much for all your analysis and advice regarding the situation. Thank you. Well, that's all for now, but just a reminder, you'll be able to access all the latest information and updates on the situation in Israel and the Palestinian territories from our website at internationalsos.com. And from there, you can find out about our global network of assistance centres, available to clients 24-7. But until next time, thanks very much for listening. 
and goodbye.